0: An unearthly hello to my fellow horror enthusiasts. Welcome to the Writers of Horror podcast. The Writers of Horror is a community for horror creatives, a place to connect with other horror enthusiasts, and a place to elevate your horror writing. Find out more at writersofhorror.org. I'm Julie Heiner, and for today I will be your host. I'm an independently published author of heavy metal horror and inspirational nonfiction. My co-host, Daniel Wilcox, an internationally bestselling author and award-winning podcaster of dark fiction, will appear on future episodes. Find out more about us, both uh, at the Writers of Horror um, website and our respective websites, which will be in the show notes. But today we are here to talk to Chad. I am thrilled to have in my clutches the very accomplished Chad Lutsky. Chad has been a favorite author of mine for quite some time and I'm very excited to have him here with us today. Chad lives in Battle Creek, Michigan with his wife and children and for over two decades has been contributing to many outlets of the independent music and film scene, offering articles, reviews and artwork. He has written for Famous Monsters of Filmland, Rumark, Cemetery Dance, and Scream magazine, and he's had several dozen short stories published, probably more by now actually. Uh, He is known for his heartfelt approach to the dark side of humanity, which you will see in all of his books and his short stories, which we will talk about some of these today. Uh, Now, Lutsky's work has been praised by the likes of Jack Ketchum, Richard Chismore, Joe R. Lansdale, Stephen Graham Jones, Elizabeth Massey, Tim Wagner, and of course his own mother. So Chad, thank you for joining us today. It's a pleasure to have you here. Welcome. Yeah,
1: thanks for having me. Let's,
0: uh, Let's start with some easy questions. You are quite the accomplished author. I have slowly been making my way through your long repertoire. Tell us how long you have been writing and what's your main sources of inspiration are.
1: Uh, I think I, I started writing basically, I wrote uh, like, I think four short stories around 1994. And then I didn't write again until 2014. Um, I was just, I, I started a family, bought a house, got addicted to world of Warcraft for a little bit and, um, Uh, yeah, I just wasn't, uh, I was in a couple bands early around the time that I was writing the stories and I didn't, uh, just didn't have any interest in writing anymore and then around, yeah, 2014, um, I took it seriously and then I thought, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to do this and see what, you know, what kind of damage I could do in this world and, um, in the, in the writing world. And I'd say my biggest influences actually are more movies than books. Um I'm a huge fan of uh indie films, uh particularly like dark indie dramas, like River Sedge, uh Super Dark Times, Mysterious Skin, uh there's just a ton of them. I, I really like the uh the as just the ideas that these indie films uh just a long time ago I got tired of big budget Hollywood stuff. Now I do like some of that stuff too, but I'm not, I'm not a I'm not a guy who really goes into, you know I, I don't watch the Marvel movies and stuff like that or, or uh, a lot of the bigger budget stuff. Um, I just feels formulaic. And so I like something that has you know something a little bit more intimate. I can watch a movie for 90 minutes that takes place in one room with four people. And not be bored, but be bored to tears through some action film with explosions and car chases and stuff. I don't know I I don't know what that is says about me, but so my my um my writing reflects that, I guess.
0: yeah yeah, I was going to say I I totally understand what you're saying. I kind of gravitate to the weird and different as well and feel like your writing is quite unique and fresh. So I totally understand though what you're saying here about, you know, Different movies, not just Hollywood movies, being a big source of inspiration for you. It makes sense to me as a reader of your work. Um, Now, I want to ask you you do mention, and I've seen this in uh, a lot of places where you always mention how your mom is one of your fans. And I have to ask you about this because um, I have not written as many books as you have, but I'm getting a repertoire now. And my dad has read. Every single one of my books, as soon as I give them to him. And it, it it's not just a, oh, you're my daughter. He actually is really into my particular style. And it's quite interesting to have that reaction and then have conversations with my dad about those stories. So tell us a little bit about how your mom's been a follower and a fan and what that, what is that like for you?
1: Um, I would say that my mom doesn't fall into the category that your dad does. She's, she, this isn't stuff that she would read otherwise. She's reading it because this is her boy, her boy. (laughs) Um, So we don't really talk about it. Uh, um, She doesn't really, I I don't really recall her asking questions about stuff, you know. Um, But she says she enjoys them. But again, I don't, you know, these aren't, this isn't something, stuff that she would read on her own, I don't think. Right. So.
0: But she's a true supporter of you. Then. Oh, for sure. Oh, it's fantastic. For sure. Um now I just want to clarify your Static Age books is that your own independent yeah. press? Yes, okay. Yeah, that's just me. Yeah. But most of your books have been published through Static Age, is that correct?
1: Uh, yeah, with the exception of uh, yeah, maybe four or five of them. Right. Yeah.
0: And so what I want to ask you is what do you like about the independent publishing?
1: Um I'm I tend to be impatient. Like I just signed a contract today for a book uh, that won't be out until uh, 2024 right. that drives me crazy right. i could just put the book out myself um that's why i three the the book that's coming out friday three smile mile, is a perfect example i didn't have the idea for three smile mile until very late october i wrote it uh the first three weeks of november and um quite honestly i could have put it out probably three weeks ago Um, I I had the cover done before I wrote a single word in the whole book, which is something I've done uh, a couple of times before. So if I was giving that to a publisher, there's no way that would, you know, it might be out late 2023. Um, And unless the publisher can do way more than I can, as far as um, uh, promotion, publicity and stuff like that, there's no sense, uh, you know, I know how to uh, format. Uh, I can either do my own covers or uh, I can have somebody else uh, do them for me. Right. Hire somebody or buy a pre-made. You know, I just don't see the sense in, uh, I mean, there are some publishers that I can tell that they would go uh, farther than, than I would be able to do. But a lot of small presses, I don't see the sense in giving them half of what I otherwise would make when, um, it's just going to reach the same amount of people. It doesn't make sense to me. but Right,
0: uh, right. So yeah, you you, bit- you have a good readership, you have a good followership and you've got the process yeah. in place. And so for you, you want to get these books out to them and you want to, this is your work. You want to get uh, fairly right. compensated for your work. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but I, I go back and forth because while I, I do have a a, a nice readership, um, there are other people who, let's say, somebody's like, well, I don't read horror. Well, they look at my stuff in horror. Some people would say my stuff isn't really even arguably horror at all. You know, maybe horror adjacent. And then it's like, well, if you don't like horror, I, you know, I've got the Neon Owl. That's there's lots of laughs and and uh, crime stuff in there, and I've got just straight up kind of like uh, dark drama, tragic romance type stuff with the same people. Who waters you and Slowburn on Riverside. So. That makes it the fact that I dip my toe in all these different genres also makes it harder for me because um it, you know, like I, I've seen a lot of extreme authors, not something that I know, I I read and I see them that's all they not all of them, but that's that's all they'll write. And then that's their following. That's all they really need to push toward. Right. And so like with this three smile mile, I'm trying to grab a um you know, a wider like crime audience, you know, maybe the people that, cause crime is huge and a lot of them, they don't like, a lot of them do like horror, but a lot of them don't like horror. And so, but if they see my other stuff, they might like, oh, I don't, I don't like, uh..." I'm sure King has the same, as a matter of fact, I know King has the same problem because even people that are like uh, my parents age, they're like, oh, I don't like horror. So I don't read Stephen King. And I'm like, well, have you seen Shawshank Redemption? Have you seen the Green Mile? Right. You know he's got this other he's got all these other books like eyes of the dragon's fantasy and all this stuff so it's uh yeah it's a little uh from the get-go i didn't want to be have my stuff put into a box i wanted to write what i wanted to write you know um and have a readership that followed me like joe lansdale does that's all i really wanted but then as i did it i realized um this is kind of the hard way to you know like, uh, I, if you're looking to, you know, try to make a bunch of money from this or something, I don't know that dipping your toe in as much stuff as you can is a good idea <laughs> to do. But it it it's freeing for me because I get bored of one thing and I want to write something else. These are all things that I'm interested in. So, you know, just like music, I've written, uh, you know, very easy listening stuff and very, you know, hardcore punk stuff. And I just... just That's what i watch that's what i listen to too and that's what i I read so i just i i don't i don't want to yeah pigeonhole myself
0: yeah it sounds to me i'm hearing that uh as a creative whether it be music or writing or whatever um you want to go where you're being taken by that creative process and you don't want to force yourself to write a certain way in order to whatever reach a certain audience or sell a certain number of books. You're just a genuine creative who's following whatever's going on inside. in your yeah, creative process. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and so I'm going a little off what I planned here, but um, as a reader, I guess I have read uh, your different works and some of them have been more deeply into the horror um, realm, like the cannibal mm-hmm. creator uh others like your new one coming out which we can jump to that next uh the three mile smile i guess it is more like crime and less like horror horror but to me i didn't even think about it when i read these books i was you know i'd read a few of your works really enjoyed your style really enjoyed your character development and and the surprises that come through every story the twists and turns and i guess i just followed that as a reader now I am a true horror reader as well, so nothing would kind of make me really cringe too much, you know. You know, like yeah. I won't shy away. Whereas some readers would want to be a little bit more aware of that before they dig in. But overall, those are the things that really shine through for me. So I'm going to jump into your new book that, uh, when this is published, will have come out on the 27th of January. Is that correct?
1: Yep. Mm-hmm.
0: And so three three miles smile. <laughs> This, I, yeah, I really love this one. So I'll just give the, the listeners here a little uh, rundown. Glover, Texas has three restaurants, two gas stations, and its very own underground crime syndicate. Other than that, the town's about as lively as roadkill. That's been Cake Donaldson's experience anyway. Cake Flicks burgers at the local d- diner on Route 66 for the same mouths day in, day out. Life is simple, too simple. So when an attractive older woman shows up with a spontaneous proposition, a sex-filled road trip full of adventure, he bites the hook. Unfortunately for him, she leaves out some details like what's in the trunk of her car and just how bad her husband wants it. Now I have to say like I absolutely loved Cake from the minute I started reading this. His name, his demeanor, his describe everything about him was just really interesting for me. So let's start with that. Uh where did how was Cake born? How was Cake birthed?
1: Uh I I don't know. I, I had this cover and um I knew that I wanted somebody that was, you know, younger. Um as far as his name, I can't I can't remember. Sometimes I'll look around my office and I'll just look at other, you know, names. On books and I'll you know look around and see stuff I I don't know if I saw a cake or whatever, but when I wrote it down just as kind of a placeholder I was like, you know what that's a really cool name. I think I'm gonna keep that name just because it's it's such an oddball name but it, it 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 um settles with you like easy you know it's it's before you know it. it's like yeah, his name's cake And so I I just left it in there. Um, but I didn't you know he's not based on anyone. Other than um, somebody that uh, you know is a, is a that I think is a good guy, um, a bored good guy with good intentions, and um, needs a just a fair shake at something, love, you know, yeah. whatever, a different a, maybe a different life than what he has.
0: Yeah, and I just, I, I, it was fitting for even from the reader's perspective because he is pretty sweet. He's pretty simple. And this, this, this name just sticks and then it, it, you know, pulls you in right away. Now, you know, he's in this bleak situation living in this small town. He's a cook. Like you said, it's kind of like boring. He needs something to happen. So this woman comes in, they exchange smiles and everything just goes from there. So tell us a little bit about that the the plot and the premise of the book and and how you came up with that
1: uh i think what what happened was i do um graphic design and i do uh covers and i I was commissioned to do a cover and this author had given me specific instructions on what they wanted i gave them exactly what they wanted and as soon as i was done um they basically they wanted some kind of old diner out in the middle of nowhere but then they wanted this uh killer with a wearing a black hood uh kind of superimposed over it and then they wanted all this some other stuff on there and so i had this thing that kind of looked like this creepy noir thing and the font was all uh neon lights and stuff and then i gave it to him and he's like actually right before i gave it to him he's like actually i just thought of a better idea that i want you to do and i was like well dude i'm i'm done (laughs) with your I'm done with your book. You know, you I've been I'm following because I was even showing him concepts and stuff before I really pulled the trigger on, on purchasing the photos and stuff that I needed for the cover. And so he comes at me with this other one that was just super simple cover. And I was like, you know, I was pissed, honestly, but uh, I said, okay. And he, I, I did get compensated a little extra for, you know, doing that cover. So I took his cover that he wanted. I took off the killer and and the neon and the other stuff and i just made it this the cover that you see the exact cover that you see right um i changed the colors and everything and and um made something completely different using that diner and i thought man this looks like something this looks like a crime book and i put it up on twitter as a pre-made for sale which i do often and someone said something like uh, this looks like a lansdale book and i said exactly I said this looks like and then I just started typing. I said this looks like a book that um <clears throat> some woman is at the diner uh with her husband and she starts flirting with the the busboy or something and then they take off and the husband goes after him with a with the his gun in his you know in the, in the passenger seat. And then I you know hit enter and, I, and then I for the next like half hour I kept thinking about what I typed and I went and saw you know, my notifications on Twitter, and I saw that cover, and I was like, I'm freaking writing that, and I took the, I took the cover off from Twitter, took it off from Instagram, I took it off my website, and I was like, that's mine, I'm gonna write it, so that's how it started, and then I started writing it uh, in November. Um, I didn't really necessarily have characters mapped out, I don't tend to do that, I just knew that, uh, that there was going to be some kind of situation like the one that i that i planned out i didn't really plan out the older woman thing um, or the money i wasn't sure exactly why they were you know going to be chased other than you know i didn't know if it was just going to be a jealousy thing so it just all kind of came together as i as i wrote it out and i i'm a huge fan of i don't know why but i'm a big fan of like age different uh age uh, age differences in relationships even platonic ones um i don't know if you've ever seen a movie called harold and Maude. it's a great movie about a teenager that falls in love with like this 80 year old woman no i
0: haven't but i'm intrigued now
1: (laughs) yeah it's a movie that's made in the 70s it's pretty cool and i've done that same kind of relation you know uh age difference relationship before i did it in foster homes and flies platonic between a boy and a girl i just like that you know one can give advice that the other can't and the other can give like a childlike advice that the other one has forgotten right. um and I like that so I liked this and the fact that they were you know old enough to have that sexual attention uh I was attracted to writing about that too so yeah that that became kind of like the the big part of this.
0: I love this it sounds like your seedling was the cover that was supposed to be for someone else and yeah so thanks dude for yeah yeah but you had this strong visual and i totally relate to that because i'm really inspired by music and videos and movies and visuals uh as Mm -hmm. well so i totally tap into that but to have that really strong visual of the setting and then just all the other things to just fall into place that's really cool um what i also want to ask you uh about three mile smile is i want to talk a little about the ending now Don't worry, I do not do spoiler alerts, because I really want people to read this, and they're going to love it. Uh, But what I just want to say is, to me, the ending was shocking, surprising, yet it felt right, like it had to be that way. Now, Mm -hmm. I also feel like this isn't your only story that you've done that with. So could you? Yeah, and but I mean, I, I guess I just love the not everything is rainbow-colored ending because sometimes it really makes sense. So, what I want to ask you is to tell us a little bit about that, and you know, why do you end things that way? Does it does the story take you there, or do you do you feel like it needs to be guided there for any particular reason?
1: Um, that's a good question. I'm not really sure. I guess uh, I go for two things at once. I go for the impact, um, and I go for the realism when I'm when I'm writing something I try to I read so many books where it's just I'm not buying into this person's grief into their fear into their love whatever I'm just not I'm not buying into it so I I try to um be as realistic and give authentic uh reactions um an example of something that I thought was absolutely authentic was um in the movie hereditary uh have you seen the movie yeah, yeah. Okay. so Okay. Well, I'm gonna give a a spoiler here about so if you haven't seen Hereditary, maybe not listen to this part. But as soon as the brother um, gets his sister killed, um, he won't look. He won't look. He won't stop. He or he stops for a second, but he won't look behind him. To me, that is that feels so similar to what I would do. Like when you, normally when you watch a, a movie and you've got the the parent going in for to identify their child or something and they just rip the sheet up it's like i could never do that kind of thing i would have to be like i couldn't just rip the bandaid off on something like that it would have to be something gradual or, or or something like that and so to see that kid do that i was like that makes that makes sense for someone to react that way to where they're in such shock they know what just happened they don't dare look and they're going to pretend it didn't happen even though they you know and then he just drove home i went to bed and i just that to me for me that was probably the most disturbing part of the whole movie just because of the authenticity and we don't see enough of that in movies we we i feel like people compare what they write and what they film to other things that they've read or seen rather than uh real life so um not to say that the end of ending of three smile mile had to happen like that. It could it could go either. It could go either way, but um, I know that I I do get um, I get I've seen authors get more grief for uh, happy endings where everything just you know yeah. puts, is put together rather than the ones that it doesn't finish like that. So yeah. my books have kind of like sometimes they are kind of happily put together but most of the time they're not and I yeah, yeah I think that's just realism and trying to be uh authentic and genuine I guess
0: yeah yeah no I appreciate that I I do read and watch a lot where it doesn't all end great because Mm -hmm. I, I, I guess I'm that, that uh, consumer where um, I want to buy the whole story from beginning to end. So I I really did feel like it ended how it needed to, even though I totally wasn't expecting that. So (laughs) for all the listeners out there, where can they get this new book? Cause they're going to want it.
1: Well right now this will probably be out by then, but up until yes. Friday the 27th it'll be a uh, pre-order for 99 cents for the Kindle but then it comes out and it, the Kindle price will be I think 299 paperback 999 and just on Amazon you can grab it on Amazon. I might end up doing some signed copies I usually do I'm in no hurry to do that right now um just because I, I got a lot of other stuff going on, but I might do that. Right. Um, my patrons, they all have the book. I just gave it for free as the ebook. The higher tier ones just get free paperbacks, but uh so some there are some people who have read it, reviewers and um you know early reviewers and then patrons who've already read it and seem to be liking it. But yeah, Amazon would be your your best bet to grab that one.
0: Hey, so can you of course we will include all this in the show notes for listeners, but where is the mm-hmm. best place to find you, Chad?
1: Uh just you can go to chadlutsky.com and uh all my stuff um, i think i got links to pretty much anything social media you can reach out to me Uh, my emails there uh links to pretty much everything i've had published it's all there
0: perfect well i wish we had more time i feel like we just scratched the surface but perhaps we can have you back again and maybe dig more into your music because Writers of Horror is a place for creatives, and we are not limiting this just to writing books. We would like to explore all kinds of creativity, but an unearthly thank you, Chad, for joining us today on the podcast, a hellish thank you to you, the listeners, for tuning in, and if you're looking for a community of fellow horror creatives where you can elevate your writing, claw your way over to writersofhorror.org, we would love to have you in our devilish clan.